This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to this episode of the Engineering Project Management Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping project managers sharpen their PM skills. Everyone knows that to be a good project manager in engineering, you need to be a good communicator, right? We don't need anyone else telling us that. We already know that. But in this episode, my guest has a tip of how you can be a good communicator, one that most people don't think about. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and in this episode of the Engineering Project Management Podcast, I have the pleasure of speaking with Kristen McCoy, an operations manager at Parametrics. Kristen is an expert in the field of communication, and today we'll be discussing her insights and experiences in three important areas, conducting valuable virtual meetings, internal team communication, and setting yourself apart with effective client communication. Let's jump right in. All right, now I'd like to welcome our guest onto the podcast today. Kristen McCoy is an operations manager at Parametrics in their Boise office. Kristen, welcome to the Engineering Project Management Podcast. Thank you. So happy to get the chance to talk with you. I know Kristen and I have connected a little bit in the work that we've done with Parametrics in developing their specific project management development program, which we've been running. And Kristen, why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself, kind of your role as an operations manager at Parametrics. I have been an operations manager for the Boise office for several months now. And really, I like to say it's just kind of a a way to connect the dots. So my primary role is to make sure that we're getting the right people in the right spots so that we can efficiently uh, deliver our projects and meet our clients' needs and exceed our clients' needs. Just recently, I became a regional operations manager. So um, basically, my role has just expanded now to include the Boise office, Portland office, and Bend office which is our Oregon, Idaho region. Let's get kind of right into our topic today. We're going to talk a little bit about virtual meetings. So what are some of the tips that you can share with listeners for conducting valuable virtual meetings? Virtual meetings, kind of like a cuss word now, it feels like since COVID, you know, it was one of those things that at least for me, we were really just dropped into ready or not kind of thing back three years ago. And now they've become, you know, how a lot of us spend the majority of our days. And so I think the most important thing at this point is to make sure when you're holding or scheduling a virtual meeting that you're doing it with intent. You're not just meeting to meet. You've got a, a firm objective. And quite frankly, you're letting folks know on the meeting that what the objective is right up front. So, hey, you know, we're meeting today to X, Y, or Z, whether it be discuss a problem, come up with a, you know, something that we're moving forward. We are at a standstill and we need resolution on X, Y, or Z, really just setting it out there. We're just meeting to check in and see how things are going. But at least then people are knowing exactly what to expect when they join the meeting and when they participate on the meeting. But ultimately, don't just meet to meet. Everyone has Zoom fatigue. We're sitting here all day and and we're all busy. And so it's like, let's have a meeting that actually we walk away from it and we met the objective that we came to, to do from the beginning. 
one of the real benefits of that is people are always more engaged or locked in when they know what they're in for or when they know what they're going to deal with. And they can also do some preparation, even if it's just mental preparation, reflecting on the points that you have to talk about or the topic at hand so that when they show up, they're bringing more value to the table than if they were to show up and then you were to tell them what we're going to talk about. And then they got to try to figure out what it's all about. So I think it kind of, it just makes the meeting more productive and it makes people more engaged kind of coming into it. And that's valuable. Absolutely. So let's talk about engagement. How do you keep participants engaged during these virtual meetings and what techniques might you use to, you know, ensure that everyone can contribute? It kind of stems from what we were just talking about with a purposeful agenda and objective that if we let people know, I think it's always really helpful when you can share the speaker. So I'm not just coming at you today for an hour where I'm just going to talk at you and share my screen and show you this and tell you what I'm thinking but we get other people involved and those people know before the meeting what their role is, what their discussion point is, and they can prepare, as you mentioned, for the meeting so that it's more valuable. And then the other thing, and, and this is, I feel like something that sometimes we miss with these virtual meetings, but a lot of times I try to honestly envision that you're in person, that you're around the table and how would you treat and talk with these people if we're in the exact same room? because this is a way of life now. And so really focusing in on, this is a relationship-based business. We are trying to solve a problem together with these people around the table. And so just have it be two ways, just really we're in this together and we're, we're talking about something together. So I think a lot of times it's truly envisioning that you're just sitting around the table and you're talking about something. You know, as I mentioned, we're working with Kristen's firm, Parametrics, right now and administering a project management development program. And one of the things I think we really focused on in the design process is exactly what you're talking about is the engagement level with people, whether that's a meeting, whether it's a training program, a learning and development course, you want people on both ends to be engaged, to be connecting with each other, to be sharing information, to be involved. Because at the end of the day, if you're sitting there just as a participant, whether it's a meeting or a training course, there's just too many distractions in the world today. You know, right? People have their emails, they have their phones, they have other things going on. If they're not locked in, if you're not prompting them to be locked in and engaging with them and giving them opportunities to contribute, you're just going to lose them. I mean, that's just the bottom line. You're going to lose them. Exactly. Yep. This seems like such a silly thing, but I've seen it. I still experience it. Turn your camera on. If you want a, meetings to really be engaging for everyone that's on them, you've got to have that contact with one another because there's nothing worse. All meetings have the awkward silence, right? But when you can't see what people are doing or, you know, if they are checking that email or if they ran to go get something, like we've got to get better where it is just a more personal discussion on these meetings. And so looking at people really does a lot. It's funny, we were given a, a training program yesterday and we touched on virtual meetings and our instructor was talking about the value of turning on your camera. And as she was saying it, all the participants started turning their cameras ding, on. Ding, ding. <laughs> I know, it's true. And you know, I've seen effective meetings where just the speaker has their camera on and everyone has them off. And I think with larger groups that can work. But if you're sitting around, you know, truly like a virtual table with eight people, turn your cameras on. You're going to have better engagement and better discussion. And at the end of the day, a better solution if you can all just talk together. 
As an operations manager, I, I know you interact with a lot of people, different teams, coordination, organization, and that's obviously something that all project managers have to do on their projects. And so can you talk about the importance of effective communication within a team and how it, it drives and impacts the performance of that team? Sometimes as project managers, we get so set in scope, schedule, budget, and you know, you have your kickoff meeting and here's what we're going to do. And here's the challenges that I see. And, you know, person X, here's your role. Here's yours. Here's yours. You kind of have this expectation sometimes that what's in your head is also in their heads. And it's not. I think just almost over communication is better. Checking in, making sure everyone's on the same page, because quite frankly, a stereotype of engineers is they like to get their task and they like to go do it. And if you're missing that communication piece to make sure the right things are happening, someone could be going down a street that they think they're on the right path and you just haven't talked to them enough to know that's not the path we're on. And so it's hugely important that you with your team members and the team as a whole are communicating regularly to make sure everyone's working towards that same goal. And without that, you're going to get things that are just the pieces don't connect at the end. Going back to your point, you mentioned like the idea of the kickoff meeting. I think what happens a lot in project management, and we see this all the time, is when you start a project, the communication efforts are very high and very often, right? Like you got your kickoff meeting, you get everyone on the same page, everyone's excited about the project. And then what happens as the project goes on is that communication level starts to drop off and people are saying, we've already communicated that, we had a kickoff meeting, things are going, everyone knows what they have to do. And then they slow down the communication and quite frankly, that's where I think things go wrong because then you're not communicating about scope and your team might start working on things outside of scope and scope creep can happen and different things can happen. Your client may not be happy because you haven't touched base with them so often. So I think that communication is important and where I've seen it fail in project management is people tend to do it up front and then think that they don't have to do it anymore. And it really has to be more of a consistent flow of communication from start to finish on every project. And I think that's something that you can think about as a project manager. And I guess what that would lead me to, Kristen, is I know, and I know people are always saying that communication is so important in project management. And I think we get that. But in terms of like how you can actually communicate, what are some of the best practices that you've found for, you know, ensuring that open and transparent communication within a team, especially if it is virtual or remote? My answers to that question is probably going to sound a little silly um, and a little bit squishy. But it's building a relationship. And I think one of the biggest things you can do with your internal team, with your client teams, is understand that, you know, this is a relationship business. And they didn't hire us to go from A to Z and just it's written in the scope and you go and you go do it. They've hired us to solve a problem and be problem solvers. And that is not linear. And so you've got to be able to be transparent, quite frankly, be honest and be vulnerable, both with your teams and with your client. Be willing to admit, I don't know, and be willing to say, you know, that's a really good question. I'm going to have to think about that rather than feel like you have to know the answer. They're paying me to know the answer. It's okay. And it builds this trust with your client, with your project teams, because you're the project manager does not mean you have all the answers, right? And so if you are allowing that vulnerability with your team, you're going to get team members who are like, hey, you know, I was thinking about that because they realize it's a hard problem to solve and maybe come up with a solution that, oh, great idea. You know, it just fosters this relationship between your teams that otherwise isn't there. If you feel like I've got to say X, Y, Z, I've got to look like I have all the solutions. They hired me to do this. You've just got to create this true relationship 
relationship with anybody else in the world, you're not ever just saying all the right things to say the right things. You're being honest. And so I think honesty, transparency, vulnerability, even sometimes when you don't think you should because it's your client is exactly what you should be because it's your client and you're going to get the best result from that. I like that a lot because you often don't hear people maybe mention the idea of relationship building in terms of communication, but I think it's important because really you're developing kind of a cadence with your team, with your client, you know, like you get to work with them so much that they kind of know how you communicate and that helps you really to to be able to, I mean, I know that there are people at, at EMI here that I've been working with so long that sometimes you don't even have to ask for something. It's kind of already done on a project. And it's, I think because of what you said, communication is easier when people know each other well and they anticipate things and they can work together. And then that's important. I mean, obviously that's maybe a little bit easier, not necessarily easier with your team internally, because now a lot of us are virtual still, especially even with clients. Like you got to make an effort to communicate with them enough and get to know them well enough so that you can also establish that rhythm with them. So let's talk about that. Like what, any recommendations for establishing good communication with your clients and building those relationships? One of the first things I always try to figure out with your client, with my clients is what's the communication style that works for them? Because everyone is different. You know, I've got some clients that really where you can tell that they feel the most valued is when you actually go physically sit by them and you're having this conversation live in person at a coffee shop at their desk it does not matter but you are live and in person yes they'll do virtual meetings and they'll do things like that but where they get the most value is face-to-face time with you and then i have clients that love to just text message things and so you're you know randomly and it doesn't matter what time of the day you're text exchanging you know i've got clients that I do have on my frequent chat list and and some that respond really well to emails. And so it's finding the way their communication style is their preferred communication style so that you can meet that. And I think the thing that we have to realize is it might not be our preferred communication style, but it's theirs and it's where they see the most value. And so we've got to adapt to that. That's our job to adapt to what makes them feel respected, valued to build that relationship. Something that I like to do with all of our clients is I like to just keep track of when the last time I engage with them is, you know, like if it's like becoming a couple of weeks, I may want to just give them a quick reach out, quick email. How are things? Can we help you out? How are things going? Just that allows you to build the relationship because it's like constantly being communicating and being available to them if they need something from you. Right. And I think, you know, one of the important things, and this obviously goes hand in hand with just building that relationship with, with our clients is look beyond the project. They're a person, they are part of a team that, you know, has a lot on their plate. They're trying to solve all these problems. And it's not just about the very specific effort that we are working with them on. Like, try to understand what challenges they're having, understand, you know, what they go through and, and be able to relate to things that are beyond the project, because that's how you will build a relationship that's trusted both ways is when you can actually get to know them as a person beyond task X that they've hired us to do. I'm sure obviously your clients have different communication styles, different work styles. How might you tailor your communication to different clients based on their styles and maybe offer some strategies around, you know, thinking about the needs and expectations of different clients and how you would address that? It really depends on the client and how much you've worked with them. When it's a new client, quite frankly, it's a question that I ask right up front when I'm working with them. It's like, 
hey, you know, this is our first project together. I'm really excited to work with you, but I want to know what's the easiest way to get a hold of you? You know, do you like that we schedule monthly meetings that are on the calendar and I can tell you six months from now exactly when we'll be talking? Do you like me to, you know, send weekly summary emails? Do you like me to just call you randomly? Do we want to meet at coffee? Try to get that set up early because it usually comes across pretty quick. You know, from them of like, no, just an email or like, hey, I'd love to go to lunch with you sometime or something will come out that really starts to indicate what their preference is. And then the other thing that I think a lot of times we always wait till the project is over to ask how it went. But the biggest thing we can do is ask during the project how it's going. Am I talking to you enough? Do you feel like you're up to date on the project? How connected do you feel to me and our team? Am I available enough? Ask the question. And that always seems awkward when you don't have the good relationship. So, you know, that's why this building it from day one and investing in them and their communication style is so important because then asking that question isn't awkward because then you're like, do you feel like you know what you should know on this project? Or is there, are we meeting enough? You can ask the question without it feeling like, am I in trouble? Am I going to say the wrong thing? No, it's just a question. Just making sure, checking in that things are going as they expected. I think those little check-ins are so important and they can give you great information. Maybe you're doing a better job than you thought. Maybe you're not doing as good a job as you thought and you need to make adjustments and it's nice to hear. And I think also just, it's just respectful and the clients like to be given the opportunity to give feedback. I think it's probably something that they don't get the opportunity with all of their vendors or service providers. And so it's nice to be able to do that. One thing I'm just going to mention real quick, when we worked with Parametrics to build their project management development program, this is something that we really focused on was work styles. And Parametrics has done some work previous to us coming in there on work styles and thinking about the work styles of the people you interact with. Are they analytical? Are they expressive? You know, different things of that nature. And that's really critical in project management as well, because you're dealing with people. Like you could talk about scope, schedule, budget all you want, but you're not going to be able to manage those things unless you can interact with people effectively. So really thinking about someone's personality, the way they work, how they show up, because you might have a client and you're dealing with two different contacts at the client, but they're two different people completely. So you need to communicate to them in different ways. One may want to see a lot more data. One may want to just see the big picture. And, and the more you're able to know that, it can help you in project management and also just in your team, leading your team. The same goes for your team members. So that's an important thing to think about. Kristen, any last pieces of advice that you might give someone that's looking to improve their communication skills in the workplace or any resources you might recommend to help them? sometimes putting yourselves in their shoes. So, you know, think about from a client standpoint, they aren't seeing the day-to-day, hey, so-and-so came in and asked about X, Y, or Z, a, a specific technical question. You know, the life you live day in, day out, they're not experiencing. So you've got to put yourself in their shoes that they hired you to do this project. And what was the last thing they heard about it? And so keep in mind that they don't know everything that you know. And so sometimes you've just got to take that step back of, well, gosh, yeah, the last time I talked to them was a week ago and we've solved three problems since then that they didn't even know had come up. And so to really make sure you're just keeping in perspective that every conversation you've been involved in, they haven't. Understanding that there may be some touches you need to be making just to bring them up to speed. 
we're around the information so much that we forget that not everyone is so into the details as we are. And I think, again, that's also good advice for interacting with your team. Because like sometimes as the project manager, you get this information and you know it and you sit with it for a while, but your team's over there working on the project and they could probably benefit from the information. So from knowing, yes, it, absolutely. I mean, that's so true. There's times when you start talking with your team and, well, you know, so-and-so really cares that this is done. And they're, well, oh, I didn't know that, you know, and you kind of forget, yeah, I did know that and I didn't pass the message on. That's why, you know, as silly as it sounds, over-communicating, making sure everyone knows the, the information. And just because you're involved in every meeting doesn't mean everybody else is. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we are going to touch on one project management pitfall that we can help you with before we wrap up. All right, we are back with Kristen McCoy. Kristen is an operations manager at Parametrics. And we talked a lot about virtual meetings, communication remotely and in project management. And Kristen, now we're going to ask you about project management pitfalls or, or one pitfall. What would you say is one of the bigger pitfalls or challenges that you've seen amongst project managers and how might you recommend overcoming or avoiding it? Yeah, and I guess this kind of will just put a big bow around the conversation that we've had today because I think it comes back to communication a little bit. But I certainly feel like there's oftentimes that we will hear project managers, you know, a little bit frustrated. I can't figure out what they want. I feel like, you know, I'm doing a good job. Our team's doing a good job. They're being, you know, pulled this way or that way on, on an issue. And I just can't figure out what they want. Quite frankly, no better way to not meet your client's expectations if you're giving something that you don't know if it's what they want. And so I think it comes back to that conversation with your client to be, are we meeting your needs? Are we meeting your expectations? Are we giving you what you want? And making sure that your team is working towards that. And again, it's an awkward conversation if you don't have a relationship with your client to be able to ask that. And like you said, it could be an agency you're dealing with. And for some reason, you're not getting the feedback you want to get from them. And there's a disconnect there. And it's all about kind of stripping it down and getting to the bottom of it and saying, hey, tell me why you're thinking this way. Tell me why you're not happy with the way that we've done this. You know, what are you trying to accomplish? And I think that that's important. And again, I think it's a philosophy that extends to clients. It extends to, you might be working with outside agencies or consultants. It can extend back to your team members again. And it can even extend with stakeholders in your projects, right? It could be citizens. It could be people in the community. It could be neighbors of a project site you're working on, right? They're just like, you're not getting the feedback you want. And so I think it's always easier as opposed to just talking to people is to first listening to them, understanding their needs, and then service them in that way. That's going to be easier for you to provide value. Sometimes we just want to go, 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 go and give them information. But if they're not receptive to that information, you're just wasting your time. So it's better to kind of get that first. So Kristen, I want to thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the Engineering Project Management Podcast. This information I think is really helpful. It's so critical in what we're all trying to accomplish today as project managers. So thank you for sharing this with us. Well, thank you for inviting me. I had a great time. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kristen. I think that point about networking and building relationships with people, it impacts our communication efforts a lot more than people think. And I hope that you'll focus on that in your efforts. Please remember you can find the show notes for this episode at engineeringpm, that's engineeringpm for projectmanagementpodcast.com. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering project management endeavors.